Welcome back, everyone, for another edition of the podcast. This will be part two of Skills for Long-Term Success, uh, the previous podcast. The previous episode was um, about management skills and the importance of developing management skills. Um, the book recommendations we had two were uh, The One-Minute Manager and The E-Myth. We also uh, discussed marketing skills as another skill set um, that you must develop for long-term success in your business. Um, we, can, we, we discussed um, expert p- positioning, um, position yourself in your market as an expert, digital marketing, the importance of email marketing, social media, and so forth. Um, the book recommendations for that skill set was contagious, why things catch on, jab, 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 right hook, how to sell, how to tell your story in a nosy social world by uh, Gary Vanderchuk. And um, these book recommendations are just the beginning of your education. These book recommendations aren't the end all to be all for these particular skill sets. Obviously, you want to, you know, take action and learn as you go as well. And then also, every time you read a book, um, go to the end of the book where they have like the, um, all the books or the recommendations that they got their ideas from and, and start reading some of those books. So, or if you're getting your book off Amazon and you found that that book was pretty decent, say if you enjoyed the One Minute Manager or the E-Myth, they have other book recommendations that other people who bought that book also enjoyed or thought was great book as well in that same genre of uh of what you what what that what the previous book that you just read was on so it's a it's kind of like a rabbit hole you can go down and the, the, the further you go the more books you read the more you study the better um you would you know the more you'll learn about these actual skill sets but then also you know books are only theory most of the times and it's like <clears throat> you're going to get the real education by doing it, taking, taking information, implement it, implementing it, tweaking it to your own um, style and the way you feel like it's going to work best for your business and your, and your life and your um, journey. So uh, yeah, definitely take the, the skill sets um, serious. Um, I feel like marketing and management are very important skills that you need to develop to be successful long-term in business. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the next two skills of this two-part series. It's sales skills and money management skills. Um, <clears throat> money management for, for entrepreneurs, early, early, early starting entrepreneurs. Um, and the first topic I want to discuss is sales. Sales is not a it's not a skill that basically, like like I said previously, none of these skills people are born with. You know, you may have a, you know, a little advantage because of your personality, and you might have some skills that complement that actual, um, that actual sales skills, or you know, might help you a little bit in other skill sets. But you can't just go off natural talent and just you know think that that's going to be enough. You have to really learn these 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 different skill sets master them and become an expert at implementing them learning learning them and constantly developing them and then once you do it yourself you have to start to teach your team you know and um or at the same time you guys could be studying and reading the same same literature um role playing doing some of the same things that you're doing to develop the skill set so your whole team can um, be better equipped to handle different situations, especially sales. Sales is a very, very important aspect of your business. Before I learned the importance of sales, I was just like, when I first got into business, I was just like all about marketing, like just get, get my phone to ring, you know, and marketing is fun. You get to put your business out in the world and watch how the world responds to, to your, to your, to your uh, story, your your strategy, your marketing. And um, once you get those responses and you see that it's working, you feel good about that. But then there's another step. Like once the phone rings 
in my mind, now that I've started to understand sales and, you know, the difference between sales and marketing is that sales begin, the sales process begins once that phone, once you answer the phone, like everything after that is, 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 is a sales system. And whether you have one or not, it's a sales system. You may have a broken sales system that's not closing as many clients that you could if you had a, a, a you know, an actual sales system that you created and built um, off the knowledge of, you know, of, of sales, knowing how to be a, sell, a salesperson. And, you know, we went from basically getting a phone call. Um, setting up the consultation the best we could on the phone. Um, I kind of knew not to give so much information over the phone because then they wouldn't really need you to, 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 they wouldn't allow you to come present your whole um, offer. So, you know, I, I pretty much understood that, but that was about it. Um, and I just did that so we can get into the consultation. You always want to get to, get to counsel, get to the consultation. You want to be able to sit in front of your prospects. You want to be able to sit in front of your leads and um, begin to, you know, implement your sales process. And like I said previously, we would just go in, present, you know, tell them a little bit about our background, how we got into business, um, tell them what we, you know, what, you know, a few points of why we feel like you should, you know, do business with other, opposed to, opposed to other, other, um, opposed to other, other companies in the area, other local companies in the area. And and um, that was pretty much it. Then we would make an offer, tell them the price, and that would be it. Once once I started studying sales, I knew I was making a lot of mistakes. You know, I knew that that was that presentation. We were getting a lot of calls. We were going to consultation, but we weren't getting as you know. We our close rate was was significantly high based on the percentage of consultations we had we were already doing pretty good but getting to that point was kind of hard because you know we would lose the lose the caller somewhere in a um before we set up the council before they agreed to a consultation but after they called in so it was like something missing like we're not getting enough consultations off the leads we come we getting we getting coming in so we you know as I learned more about sales and, you know, different strategies and techniques, we began to obviously do better. And I'm just kind of give you guys some of the top ta- tactics that we learned um, in sales that began to help us develop our um, our system. And and this is this is all come from training that I've actually took books that I've read. And there's pretty pretty much only one person that I follow personally is uh, the Sandler Sandler training, sales training program, his literature, his training, and so forth. So um, the first thing I, you know, began to understand the importance of was asking good questions, asking questions that lead them to expose, you know, expose as much as they can about their current situation and how, you know, um, and just listening and trying to find all the reasons that they need to have a have a, our company come in and help them and their family through the home care process and you know asking questions and developing great questions was was the beginning of you know me developing a sales system and we would ask we would ask some preliminary questions to get the consultation and then once we get to the consultation then we'll start asking some real questions and digging and trying to find the real pain points. So the first aspect of it, the very first thing we would, we learned and I, you know, we began to implement was asking great questions, creating some good questions and then, you know, getting in a consultation and then start asking great questions and doing, you know, letting the, the, the client do 80% of the talking and you're just doing 20% of the talking because you're listening and you're also taking copious notes. You're asking questions like how, what are some of the things that you and your family have experienced since this, this the decline in your loved one? You know, you're asking stuff like that. Who's been the major, um, who has, who, 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 who has this, you know, this issue with your loved one put the most pressure on in your, in your family? How, how have you been dealing with it prior, prior to reaching out to us or up until this point? 
if you've been dealing with another company, what are some of the things that the company that you felt could have done better? Or, you know, what are some of the things that you feel like the company did great? And you just, you know, you just, you know, why are you calling us? You know, and you're just trying to pinpoint all these different pain points and figure out like what's going on and what's what's wrong. You're just trying to figure out like what's wrong and then get to like really deep into their problems. And you're taking a lot of notes. They see you. You want them to see you taking notes because a person taking notes to when you're talking makes you feel like you're very important. So you're taking notes, but you're also really listening and you're trying to develop rapport. So you have to be kind of conscious of your body language, their body language. If they're um, kind of sitting in up close, talking low, you want to kind of mirror that situation. If they say, hey, dude, would you like a cup of coffee or some water? You want to mirror whatever they're doing. Mirroring is another, you know, like subtle sales tactic that you'll learn once you start taking these, um, you know, start learning more about sales and stuff like that. Um, and just building rapport. When when you when you hear things that, you know, ring true for you or past experiences, you chime in and say, yes, I, I understand that we have we've dealt with this prior to or my family. I had a family member similar to this situation or, you know, you're just trying to build rapport, create an environment of, you know, understanding and empathy while also trying to really dig into the details of what that actual client is needs. And sometimes it doesn't happen as as quickly and you have to kind of, you know, build, you know, like kind of make the environment comfortable with just light talk. But um, the, the, the main goal with question answering, asking questions is um, and asking good quality questions is to just find their pain, getting to the points of um, their, their biggest, the biggest reason for giving you a call. And with those notes, once you find the pain, you want to go into creating a personal, a personalized solution just for their family. And then that's that's how you kind of present your present your offer. Um, <clears throat> you just, can, you know, let them know, remind them and let them know how how each one of these pain points your company can address or you're going to you're able to address and. Um, how, you know, you know work how work how will working with you will allow them to alleviate these issues you know that they have you know presented to you over the course of this conversation um there's some other little things that you definitely want to get 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 to the bottom of like are they the original are they the decision maker in the home or over the the uh the actual client i mean the actual patient um do they have to consult someone else do they can they afford it you know, there's other little things that this goes into this conversation um, also that you want to get to the bottom of before, um, you know, before you can actually create a, a true solution. Because if you find out early on in the conversation that they really can't afford it and, you know, they're just kind of like shopping around for the cheapest prices, then that then, then that's going to determine, you know, some of the things that you can you can offer and, or, or or may not be able to offer. You also want to find out if they're the um, decision maker. Are they are they capable of, of signing a contract today and, you know, closing this deal and us starting our process of getting, a, you know, getting a, a caregiver over there to assist their loved one. So these are also some things that you're going to have to learn to ask in, in ways to where, though, you're not offensive, you're not too abrupt and you're not. You know, you're you just in a calm, uh, at an even calm place where you can, you know, create this conversation and get these questions answered because you need these questions answered before you can really present your services and um, provide solutions for their family. Another important another great um, strategy or what I should say, just sales technique that I learned that I never thought of, you know, you know, I always knew about referrals and it's referrals. This is called building referral trees. And in Sandler training, they teach us that uh, money does grow on trees. They grow on referral trees and how you um, develop these referral trees is by simply looking at your first client, past, past client that you serviced and, you know, or um, the current clients that you have. And um, if you're dealing with a past client, you're just reaching back out to them. Obviously, they would have to be a satisfied client. 
And the first part of building a referral tree is is providing excellent service. Um, no matter what the situation, just providing extra extra ordinary customer service going above and beyond. And I'm gonna tell you the the the, the what will make and break your company, even if there's things that you're um that your agency is having trouble with, with a particular client, whether it's been, you, you, you know, you placed a bad caregiver and she just wasn't um, great for that family. Um, or there were any other kind of issues that arise with, with you, your agency and a, a, and a client, what's going to determine the, you know, the level of satisfaction throughout this problem solving process is how you communicate and how often you communicate. You have to, communicate with your clients no matter what no how no matter how uncomfortable the conversation is going to be you can't run from it you have to uh address it um head on and 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 do your best to um rectify the issue um i know that was a little off off but that's kind of like the the preliminaries to building a referral system because there has to be great service in the beginning so once you have a past or a present client and, you know, they're satisfied, then you can use them as start to build your referral tree. So you look at that first client as like the stump of the tree, like the, the main, the main, the middle part of the tree, I think it's called the stump. And then the branches are the the referrals that you ask for. And then that's how you actually develop a referral tree. So what happens is, hey, um, you've been satisfied with our, you know, we, we, we've been, we love, we enjoy being a home care provider for you. Um, whatever you have, you know, we, 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 we've, um, the relationship was great. We love servicing you or we, we love to continue service you depending on if you're still dealing with them. And, um, we still have some great caregivers who don't have cases at the moment. We're, we're excited about the things we're doing in the community, helping, helping the senior community, um, helping families in need, and we would, you know, the only re- the only re- only how we can continue to do this is if people like you, satisfied customers, give us referrals. And with this with with this basic presentation, um, you you ask for at least five referrals. So, and that's how th- those will be the five branches to your referral tree. And um, you give them some time and say, hey, look, if you have somebody that you know, um, who needs services now that you could think of. Or somebody that you may to think they may need they may need services in the near future, or in the future, um, we would just appreciate if you could write down five names, phone numbers, contact information of five people that you know in your network, based on you know our services to you, and let us you know, you know potentially get some clients from you know from from your referrals, and <clears throat> this develops a referral tree. That's your referral tree. Now you have this branch, this this tree with five branches, five potential leads, and then and 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 just as a side note, you got to remember the number one best lead is a lead descent from a person who you've already serviced. So your clients are in turn the number one salespeople in your business, satisfied clients. And another thing to remember. People who are not satisfied, people who are satisfied are less likely to tell other people about their experience. But people who are disappointed, those are the ones that that, that just tell everybody. For some reason, that's just human nature. We want to tell everybody bad news versus some good information. And that's just another quick side note to remember that when you're servicing these families, you have to provide excellent service. You can't always control certain Issues that just going that that are inevitably going to arise, but you but you can manage that situation in a professional way, the satisfactory to your to your customer, um, and that's another you know strong sales point that I want you to start developing and thinking about is building a referral tree, and then from that referral tree, those five people, and then you ask five more people, and then if you ask five more, then you kind of see the exponential growth that happens within a f- referral tree. And if you already have two or three clients or five or six clients, and then you start adding five referrals from each one of these people, then you'll really see how you can develop a a nice referral tree based on, you know, the few clients that you do have and and, and start to expand um, your business pretty quickly. Um, 
it was something else I wanted to touch on when it comes to that. I can't remember at, at this point. But um, <clears throat> and the last point that I would make as far as with you know developing an actual sales a sales skill set is practice. Practice is where you're gonna excel. You have to be doing it um, in actual circumstances. You know, implementing your sales process. Um, and then you have to be role playing and, and practicing this stuff with, you know, other members in your staff, your spouse, someone in your life. So you can start developing these skills. These are highly sales is probably the most important skill that you need to develop because without closing a client, if you can't close, you don't have any money. You don't. That means you're not even in business. You may have all the flashy things. You might have a license, website, the best brochures, the shiniest business cards. But if you don't have any clients, you're not doing any business. So you have to develop the, the skills that's going to allow you to not only get a client, close a client, but, you know, build on that client and continue to um get in more clients and then build referral trees out on, on top of those clients, provide great service and, and, and grow your business. Um, and that's pretty much what I had to say about sales. Um, you know, it's, it's just like a, a beginning, uh, to your journey and just a, some, some beginning thoughts to get you excited or aware of the, the, the thing, some of the things that you need to be thinking about when it comes to, sales and adding value to clients finding finding their pain points and then creating personalized solutions for them and building and building referral trees building referral um, networks within your current and past clients and i don't think i mentioned that i would i would wait at least before i ask a new client for a referral i would wait for at least 90 days of you know stellar service um, before I ask for a, a, a referral, before I start asking for the, uh, five referrals. Why? Because um, you just don't want to ask it too soon. I mean, it's obviously why you wouldn't want to ask it too soon, just because you don't want to. They, they didn't really have any chance to see who you are, you know, see you at see you at your best and, 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 and really form a, a, a real opinion. And I know three months does sound kind of long, but depending on the shifts and the hours, you know, obviously it could be a little quicker. You could probably ask for it in two months, but I just don't want to ask them coming in the door for referrals. If we just, we just started, you know, to build the business relationship. So that was the thing that I wanted to mention. Book recommendation is the sell, the Sandler, the Sandler rules, 49 timeless selling principles and how to apply them. Um, is the book I would start with. And again, like I was mentioning earlier, you could read this book and then, you know, wh whatever site that you buy this book at or store that you go in Barnes and Nobles or their, their website or Amazon or, you know, whatever you use, you'll see other sales books that are equally great. And, you know, you can study those as well. So you kind of want to start building a library for each one of these topics, actually, you know, sales marketing and management so far you want to start you know building a library implementing and and learning as much as you can about each one of these um topics <clears throat> so I'm, i mean you know this one book isn't going to give you everything you need the cool thing about the sandler books are that he he does have actual programs and 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 trained vendors who teach his his uh principles so you can probably find a a, a sandler sale a sandler sales group or uh training facility in your area because they're all over the country so it's people who took his sales principles and they actually created coaching programs and mentor programs and they actually teaching people how to sell and stuff of, of that nature so the sandler program is is much more deeper than just a, a few books and he has quite he has very, very a very lot of very many books so um yeah <laughs> can't overlook the importance of you know developing sales sales skills on no level um the next topic that i'm going to discuss is money management skills for entrepreneur 
Now, um, the first thing you have to do when you, you know, initially start a business is start preparing for long term investment into that business. A business's air, the, 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 the air that a business breathes is, is, is money. The, uh, uh, the air that allows a business to breathe is, is money. And if you don't um, have money to put into your business, your business is going to suffocate. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do. You know, ourselves, we can try to, you know, you know, make make up for with like sweat equity just by you doing the own work, your own putting in forth your own hours and your own energy and doing a lot of things yourself. And what you're going to have to do anyway in the very beginning, especially if you have a, a, a constricted budget or a limited budget getting started. But you have to start to think about. um you know, this is going to be a long term investment and you have to come to grips with there's 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 going to be a, a necessity. There's a necessity of sacrifice in the beginning. You have to prepare to sacrifice some of the things, some of the niceties that you may have going on in your lifestyle that, you know, you, you have to either pause or let go altogether to redirect those those funds towards your towards your company. Um for example, now I'm kind of I'm going to kind of cover a few things that, you know, the data shows that Americans in general spend the most or overspend the most money on. And the first thing I would say is, you know, your your rent or mortgage. Um, I know it's kind of hard if you're in a mortgage to 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 to, you know, get that mortgage payment less less than what it is but there are ways to do it um you can renegotiate with your your lender get a, a loan modification you could get a uh uh you know a loan modification and refinance the, the the mortgage with a new lender at at a better rate at a better at a better monthly payment a lower monthly payment there are so there are some things you can do you can um sell your house obviously and and get in, into a smaller situation and i know that seems pretty extreme but starting a business is pretty extreme and it, and it has to for it to for you to be serious about the success of it you have to consider making some very um uncomfortable possibly uncomfortable decisions about your um income and what are you going to and how you're going to fund your fund your new venture um so where we live uh, and if we're renting, sometimes we're renting in a place where, oh, and if we do own our home, think about turn, converting that property into an assisted living and then moving yourself out. That's a, always, you know, that 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 made the most sense for us in the beginning, because it's like, OK, we would buy this home, but now we're living in it. But, OK, we, we, we see an opportunity to assist the living. Let's turn this actual home into an assisted living facility, an assisted living community put some clients in here at, at, at a minimum of 3,500 a, a bed and just move into a condo somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause, um, you know, we're not at the point where we're ready to retire. We're just kind of like in buying a home. We were just kind of like focused on like the American dream. That's the, that's the next thing that you're supposed to do. But in actuality, it's not the greatest decision to make, especially if you're in the throes of, you know, building a business and, and, and your business isn't to where you want it to be. Um, ultimately you still are in, you know, startup mode. And there's something that, um, I never forget that, uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos is one of his, his quotes that he kind of instills in all his, throughout his whole Amazon organization and his day one, week one, he said day one, week one. So, you have to always keep this mindset of this is the first day I'm starting my business and I have to be that enthusiastic, that, you know, that excited, that focused, that creative, that, um, you know, um, that prepared every day going into my business and how I must approach the, the, the decisions that I make for my life, my personal life and my business. And it just, it always brings you back to like the basics, what, what works and you know, how excited I was in the beginning and what I, what I was willing to put in the, the hours I was willing to work in the, in the first week, in the first day of my company, it's like un, un, unmatchable optimism, 
unexplained motivation like you up for days you just super excited once you first get started and that's the um mindset that you also want to have when you're thinking about your money even when you start making money you still have to remember what worked what what are the things that and i mean obviously not the first day but what are some of the things that worked in the beginning that got me here i have to reinvest in those things focus on those things continue to do the things that got me here but um so thinking about turning your home into an assisted living or independent living community or Airbnb, one of the rooms out um, just for some some more some some more income. Um, if you're renting in a in a place where you might feel like, you know, the rent, the rent could be a little cheaper. Look for a smaller place if you can, you know, look for a smaller place. So these are the things that we spend the most money. We overspend on as Americans based on like certain data. The next thing is food. Eating out is like the top one of the top things that Americans overspend on. We eat and it's not the the quantity, it's just the 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 the, the prices that we're paying. I mean, obviously everybody knows Americans eat eat the most food. That's hands down, but that's a whole nother conversation. But what I'm saying is the importance of going to the grocery store or like I use, I use um, Instacart. They bring me my groceries. I got, I eat the same thing all the time. So they bring me my groceries to my door every, you know, as soon as I click the button within like four hours, my whole groceries done. Cause I already created the list in the app. Cause I get the same thing over and over again. So I just push, you know, um, what list I'm using. It's like, if I want to add something different, like tacos on there or something like that, I got a taco list, different things like that. But, you know, you say like, okay, okay, that's cool, but how is that really helpful? Because before that, I'm going out to eat every day. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, if I'm working, I'm getting up early. I'm like, you know what? I want to get out the house. I want to get out the office. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going downtown to the, to the breakfast joint because breakfast is my favorite meal. So I'm going to get a, uh, I'm going to a restaurant almost every morning, spending twenty, twenty five you know 15 to 25 bucks on breakfast and and you know with the tip included and then breakfast wears off now i'm hungry again so now it's you know maybe a little later in the day and i'm starving because i've been working so focused and and i haven't eaten anything so now i need to go back to another restaurant because i have no plan i had nothing prepared and i'm just kind of just in the world working and eating and i'm not it's not i'm not eating the healthiest foods all the time so not only am I spent, wasting my money on, you know, meals that should already have been prepared and I should have really thought this out. I'm, you know, some of the stuff isn't the healthiest stuff because obviously I'm eating fast food. Um, just this is just different um, greasy spoon, hand, you know, mom and pop joints. And it's just like um, it's not it, it was it's not a great way. Once I seen the numbers, I started to realize where you know a lot of where my waste was coming from and it was food eating out so you know i don't want to spend too much time on that but i do want to just kind of let you guys know that the importance of meal planning buying groceries having your meal set out for the week is a very very important investment into how you can focus and minimize low impact decision making that's another thing that i learned from um, some of the billionaires they minimize low impact decisions what is a low impact decision what am i going to eat that's not going to make any d impact on your business so they try to reduce all the low impact decisions that they have to make this is why mark zuckerberg the owner of facebook wears the same clothes every day he his closet is full of the same exact clothes because he doesn't want to spend 30, 40, 50 minutes in the morning trying to figure out what to wear. It's a low impact decision that's not going to really do anything for his overall company's success. And um, and it's the same with meals. And then the more the more you start to think about it and de and, and develop your routines and and you know success successful routines, you'll start to see like okay, I can minimize a lot of these low impact decisions and focus that energy where it needs to be focused on my work and um, my career, my business, my family, and so on. Um, 
The next thing after food and eating out is transportation. A lot of times we spend a lot of money on a car that we really don't need. That's I I'm, I'm, I don't remember the exact list, but they're all up there at the highest. Like these are the highest. The, the car that we have, the place that we live, the food that we eat, we're usually spending more than what we actually need to. We're, we're usually spending above our means <laughs> because you got this new car. Tax season came around. You had a deposit and you went and got this car. Now your, your car payment is five, six hundred dollars a month on top of your insurance. But you ride and clean. You got a Benz. But the money that you could be putting into that, that you're putting into that Benz, into that higher insurance because of the, 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 the type of car you're driving and the gas that you have to put in there is premium gas. You may be spending upwards of, and then, you know, repairs and stuff like that, upwards to $1,000 a month just for a car. And if you're working at a place, if you have a job, the car is sitting in the garage and sitting in your front yard when you go home, sitting in your driveway or sitting in the parking lot, most of the time. So why am I going to spend this large portion of my income on a on a on a liability that I barely use? Um, I understand that certain people enjoy nice things, luxury style living and things like that. But when you start when you're thinking about creating a business. You you have to sacrifice in the beginning to create a business that allows that type of lifestyle without you having to work every day for it. Whereas though the business will pay for that lifestyle and not, you won't have to depend on your uh, hourly wages to pay for that lifestyle, but you have to first build the business in a solid way and a profitable way to, you know, actually start to begin to spit off those dollars to, you know, to, to, to fund, fund your lifestyle. And I would rather have a a, a a profitable business that's, you know, making 10 times amount of what that car is worth. If I can get five of those cars if I want, opposed to just riding around looking like I got money. You know, we got a bad habit in our in the black community of wanting to look like we got money, but be really broke and um, not really focusing on the things that get you wealth, that, that generate wealth and really investing in those things like um, learning these skills, you know, taking, you know, calculated risks by starting businesses, sacrificing, you know, the, 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 act, the necessary, uh, things early on in your life, <laughs> reinvesting in your education. We don't do these things as often as we should because we're so busy trying to portray an image of success. Like I'm not interested in the image of success. I'm interested in the, 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 the actual success and, you know, <clears throat> it's a maturity thing. And the way social media is with um, Instagram and stuff like that, everybody's trying to outdo each other. And the majority of it is fake. The, the sooner you realize that Instagram is not real, it's just it's as fake as TV. Those happy people, that all these happy, beautiful people are spending two or three hours to get that perfect shot or, you know, morbidly um, depressed because they didn't get a certain amount of likes and they're, you know, obsessed with other people who think who they think are doing much better than them, and they're just driving themselves absolutely insane over nothing. And when it's when you can when you can actually actually be developing skills, developing relationships, building networks with people and creating opportunities for yourself, your employees, your family members, um, you know, providing great solutions to your clients in a real way that will allow you to live those lifestyles and even better lifestyle. And the, the, the funny part about it, the people who really live in those lifestyles, they're not interested in putting it on the internet because they don't want people to know how much money they're making and for, for, for multiple reasons. So, um, that's just a quick sidebar of like what, what we need to kind of start thinking about and how we want to kind of shift our mindset from, from the things that, we need scaling down and living under our means so we can use those extras to fund our business. Um, we talked about food, eating out, car, um, your living, where, your, your, where you live at, your residence, and things of this nature. 
there's also things that you 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 want to think about early on and skills and 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 certain softwares that you want to become um very good at and that's quickbooks you want to learn how to manage your manage books um balance a checkbook manage manage you know manage all your accounts and um learn how to operate quickbooks you can sit down with any small business accountant and and learn how to you know um manage quickbooks and start to really take take control of your income and you know prepare yourself again to run a business successfully um we operated our business the first few years like like maniacs because we didn't know you know you don't know what you don't know so i didn't know that you know every extra dollar that I made on top of, you know, paying my caregivers, paying my bills, we couldn't go to the mall and spend it with our on our kids and on our clothes and, you know, take trips to, you know, all these different places. I didn't realize that, you know, I was starving my business and and not building the skills to make this stuff long term. I was, you know, kind of just like homie hustling, just, you know, get the money here, spend it there, get it here, spend it out, you know, give it right back to the market instead of building something solid and 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 leveraging what we the success we was already making our our experiencing into more success. And it took time for us to get to that place. Um the next thing I want to kind of discuss the importance of is focusing on your on on your on, on what works when you do find something that works. You need to focus on what works, even though it may not be glamorous and it may not be exciting. Whatever's working and you find the hardest part in business is find something, finding something that works. And when it when you find it, you can't abandon it. You got to appreciate it no matter. Like I said, and, and I'm and I'm really speaking about these bandit signs that I've been using since the beginning. And I know they're not glamorous. I know they're not exciting. I know they're not pretty. But for some reason, they continue to work. And I continue to get some of my best clients from there, my best private play clients, um, even better than certain, you know, certain referral places, because these are real people in the community who have problems and they're in desperate need. If you call a bandit sign for care, you're desperate. If you call a bandit sign for the care of your loved one, you're desperate. So um, the people are, are pretty motivated when they call. So you just want to focus on whatever works and different things are going to work for different people in different markets. We don't use Medicaid. Um, we only deal with private pay and long term care insurance <laughs> and, and VA. That might not work in your market. Your mar- your market may pay a little more in, um, than, than we, we would get for uh, Medicaid. So it might be feasible or, or better idea for you to, you know, work with uh, Medicaid waiver and, and, and get clients that way. It might be beneficial for you, but whatever works, when you find out what works, you work it. Even if, okay, if it's word of mouth, okay, if that's the how you've been getting your clients, you need to supercharge that word of mouth. How did you do that? You ask for referrals. You talk to people. You get back into that community on, and to where those word of mouths came from and you double down on, you know, Making them send you more. Since they sent you a two or three, they can probably send you 20 or 30. But it's how you develop those relationships, how you prepare them, how you compensate them for that referral. That's going to depend on um, if they're going to see if that if you can develop that into a real stream of clients or just a once in a while thing. It's up to you. But you need to. Whatever you can find in this business and whatever works, if you find some success online, continue to double down on that success. If you find some success offline, uh, continue to double down on what works. Now, there are a benchmark studies by uh, it's a benchmark study. It call, it's called it's from um, Care Pulse, Home Care Pulse yearly benchmarking study. And if you mention my name, you'll get a, a discount with them um, just as a quick little side note. <laughs> Um, when you go to purchase, you'll get a discount. But they tell you every year the top strategies of, you know, what agencies across the country are doing to get new clients. And you start there with with whatever means you have. You can't maybe you obviously you can't do it as a big um, 
twenty million dollar franchise can do it, but you can still implement some of those same strategies in your local way, in your local market, you know, in your business. So uh focusing on what works and then also investing in your education. This just goes back to everything I just said about the importance of developing these skills. You have to be investing in your education, like seriously. You can't watch no free. It's not no free content on YouTube that's going to tell you the way. You know, you have to get real, you know, training, real education from real people who are in this business or in one of those, you know, in this particular space, whatever it may, whether it may be skill, uh, sales, marketing, whatever, you need to invest in your education, invest in a mentor, invest in a uh, a coach, invest, you know, in, develop relationship with some type of accountability partners to where as though you're being held accountable to get all of these things done and to complete some of the, you know, the things that you say you want to get done. Um, but you definitely have to be investing in that, in that and invest in your education. Finally, invest in people. When you when your business starts to work, and again, when you find something that works and you make a little money, don't go spend that money on nothing besides you know and, and, and more people, more help in your office. The first person I would recommend hiring, if you if you have if you have if you don't have a full time job and you could do the day to day operations of your new home care service, the first person I would invest in after that is a community liaison. I would rather pay my community liaison every dollar of profit I had to go into the community for the first whatever however long it takes every dollar that I can afford I will put into the first person that I would put it into if I if I can go back and do it all over again would be a community liaison to go push my brand and my business and my um you know my business into the senior community in my marketplace that was the best thing we could have ever done and I should have done it sooner and this is what I mean when I said invest in people. People are your truest assets. When you have, you know, you start developing some income for your home care and you have, you know, a, a staff of caregivers. Invest in your people. There are training um, th- that you can give your your caregivers. There are trainings in like dementia, diet, safety, Parkinson's, diabetes, like there's so many trainers out there that they can take online. We particularly like particularly like uh, the Institute of, Prefer- of Professional Care Education. You, you, you contact them, tell them you work with me, you'll get a discount. But, you know, you can train up to 10 caregivers for close to uh, like a little bit over 100 bucks. You know, you can have 20. I mean, 10 caregivers online in their own little training sessions on, on in, 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 in skills that they can receive a certificate in and become better at uh, doing. You know what I mean? They can, they're going to have a better understanding of dementia. They're going to have a higher level of training of, of Parkinson's. They're going to have a higher level of training of safety, safety in the home of seniors. They go, I mean, and, these, and the list goes on and on. There's thousands of hours on this, on this, um, in this, this company has compiled of trainings, um, diabetes, things like that. Um, this things that your that you, that makes your client, the, the things that make your caregivers better are going to make your company better. How to deal with the clients, the rest of the, the family members. They have training on how your client, how your caregivers deal with the family members. Like that's one thing that I don't hear enough of. Like the, the family can drive your caregivers insane. And it's usually the family that has nothing to do with paying no bills. Um, like some side brother who just all of a sudden wants to be involved in mom's care. But if he was that involved, we wouldn't even been there, but he has a lot of opinions. He has a lot of things to say. He has, you know, and it's just, you want to train your staff up so they can handle these situations. Cause what happens when they better train, you know, they make better decisions. Those decisions reflect back on you, your, your company, your, 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 your clients, the actual paying party in your um in that family is is more satisfied, more stress free, and more willing to do what? Send you a referral. 
You know what I mean? Put somebody down on that referral. So prepare for long-term investment. You know, be ready to make some sacrifices, streaming services, Netflix and all that stuff. Cut that stuff off. Subscribe to audible.com. Start listening to books instead of the music. Turn your car into a mobile learning center when you're commuting back and forth to work. Um, instead of listening to ta- uh, Ricky Smiley crack jokes and spill the tea, you know, read some of these books on 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 the way back and forth to work. If you go, if you got a 45 minute commute each way, man, you got an hour and a half of of of, of, of time to you know develop yourself into a a better business person you know and then also the importance of personal development as well you know you could become a better person there's also a lot of great content and books it's a lot of great content in these books about personal development and the importance of becoming a better human being alongside of developing these skill sets so um those are the uh oh and the book recommendation for the money management um portion of the skills is small business finance for the busy entrepreneur blueprint for building a solid profitable business um and that's the book recommendation that i would suggest for that particular skill set the money management skill set so what we covered over the course of these two episodes is skills for long-term success management skills marketing skills sales skills um and money management skills and we had some great book recommendations go back listen to it um you know go back listen to some of the uh content if you have any questions feel free to reach out to us um we have all our products and programs at alanchetty.com um we love feedback go to you know visit us on our um facebook page our instagram page or give us a call. We have our number all over the internet. So feel free to reach out to us. Send us emails, DMs. Um, I get most of that stuff. And what I can't get to, my staff helps me with. So um, we look forward to working with you. Hopefully this was a great two-part series for you. For Skills for Long-Term Success. And uh, don't, you know, if it, if it, if it was helpful, helpful for you, please share the, share the uh, podcast with family, friends, loved ones. So we can... Um, grow and uh and and i'll be excited to put to put together more content so um thanks a lot and have a great day peace